In this episode of the Backend Engineering Show, I continue exploring Internet Information Services or IIS. So this is the Microsoft Web Server. And then how uh, does it perform as a backend technology? How about we jump into it? Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. And in this episode, I want to continue exploring IIS, specifically a section in the product that's called application pooling and and the advanced section in that feature there are obviously a lot of features in the application pool settings so i might take multiple videos to discuss each of them in details and the reason i do this is just so i can give each section it's uh, justice sort of so i'll start with the application pooling what is an application pool we talked about this many times in this channel and, uh, and the idea of uh, a pool really in 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 backend is when you pool different resources together to serve a general purpose popular example of pooling is connection pooling i talked about it many times in this channel um, establishing a connection is expensive there is the tcp handshake that you need to perform there is any setup that you need on top of that at the application layer to initialize and that cost translates to performance latency right so we usually preheat connections on the back end especially to databases right and then we keep them warm ready and since we almost these days build always stateless application, it doesn't matter which connection I get served with. I can use any connection, execute my query and get back and release it back to the pool. And, and the idea of recycling and, and, and reusing connections increase the performance in general of uh, web applications specifically that web applications are stateless and they are massive and, and, and the volume of requests are huge so application pool specifically in ios is not really has to do with databases but it has to do with processes again so it's just resources at the end of the day so uh, the application pool concept is this logical thing that you can create and assign to your application. In a nutshell, it's basically a group of processes that help serve your application. So if you if a request come in, you can pick one process from the pool and then serve the uh, the request to that process. So if there another request comes in and while this process is busy, you can pick another process to serve your request. Thus your pooling processes right that's why is a multi-process uh, web server we've seen many uh, web servers pick different models here node.js is a single process single threaded right you can configure it to be multi-threaded but by design it is always single threaded yeah some people say hey Hussein, it's multi-threaded i talked about threading in node.js there are specific areas where node.js is multi-threaded but Check out the video. I don't want to <laughs> expose, uh, continue discussing this topic. But uh, Apache is also multi-threaded. Tomcat is multi-threaded. So there is a one process, multiple threads running. Okay, and and you can you. This is always a design choice that we back in engineers uh, need to understand because there is always a pros and cons for each one of them. There's no right or wrong. It depends what you're trying to do. But just understanding what this is 
very critical. And this application pool, when you create it, you get a lot of settings that you can tweak, which uh, plays on your favor based on what you're trying to do. So let's go ahead and continue diving into this kind of settings. There's a lot of sections. So we're going to maybe talk about one or two in this video. And maybe in the future, we're going to explore the rest of them in future videos. So when you install IIS, you get one default application pool, right? <laughs> and it's always not recommended to use that pool for your application. You got to create a new one. Yeah, if you want to, to test something, sure. But if you're really building an app you gotta create your own pool you have your own you should have your own settings uh for the pool so and as you can see you can go to the advanced section advanced settings and here are some of the sections that you can configure general there's a general section about the number of processes the the style of programming that you support there is a cpu configuration process model process orphaning rapid fail protections and recycling and this is not all of it by the way guys there are so many other settings buried down that we can go into in the future and play with them so if we expand the general section we can see the following properties there's a dotnet a common language runtime version and in this property and this property specifies what kind of dotnet framework your apps run into so if for those who build .NET applications, there is something called the language runtime, uh, which is the framework. Uh, .NET is built very similar to Java, where you have a runtime and then you build your app on top of the runtime. So theoretically, .NET can run on any operating system. Uh, I think recently you can start running your .NET application on Linux. I never run it before. For the longest time, I always run my .NET app on Windows. The rest of the stuff is really legacy stuff, like enable 32-bit applications. I personally, I remember enabling this specifically because my app back in 2005, maybe, was 32-bit, and I wanted to expose it as a web app, so I had to compile it with 32-bit, and I had to enable this option on my pool. There is obviously the manage pipeline mode. Uh, you can have integrated and versus classic. This is a Microsoft way to kind of come back to the CGI, the common gateway interface. Uh, we can go into an old video talking about that. But basically, CGI, we use always to build desktop application, right? E-executables, right? And when the web came in, we could not link those two together because, hey, this is an executable, EXE or binary on Linux. And then we have this web thing that how, how can I connect to them? How can I run my EXE from my web application? So people invented this idea of CGI that when a request comes in with certain information, you can pass it to a process that runs that executable and pass it all the parameter execute and then gives you back the information obviously that was very slow because you're literally spinning up a new exe with every request yikes and microsoft came back uh, with something called is api the internet services api which kind of removes the idea of exe but uh, uh converts it into a dll so you can build a dll so once you link it you link that dll with your iis with your web server 
it's that it's hot in memory so you don't have to do this re-spinning up of this axe if there's on as long as long as you comply with their interface details and stuff like that but this is the classic way of doing things so the new way is the integrated where everything is baked into the request itself so natively right there is no this extra thing that you have to do so nobody almost uses the classic way nobody i there are people who use a cgi still i think i never use cgi i always use this classic way when i had an exe that i wanted to call in but yeah this is all things that are just um, basically legacy stuff yeah they're, they're, they are not dying away these things are not gonna die away there are still people who have old i don't know uh, ms dos exe that they need to run and this application they don't they don't know how to rewrite it and, and it does something and they want to run it in the web cgi and is api is going to be there forever and uh, obviously the, the, the most interesting thing here is the queue length really and this is how many uh how many requests can we uh queue into the application pool after which i will get return an error to the user because at the end of the day when you send a request to this to this application and the application is using this particular pool of processes right uh if all these processes are busy you get to queue the request gets queued and what does that mean that means the connection itself the acknowledgement of the packet happened but the request data has been delivered to the queue and the as far as the client is concerned the request has been received technically and it is the, the client technically don't know if it's queued or not right it's just hey it's there so now how many of these requests can i queue before I just gave up and just returned an error. This is a nice property that I've seen similar properties in HAProxy and I've seen similar proxy uh, properties in Nginx. Uh, they are just named differently, but I've seen these properties. It's it's a must, I think. You have to have a, a number of requests after which that, hey, you know what? There are a lot of requests being processed. Let's just give up. Right. All right. Let's go to the next section. And we're gonna we're gonna just explain this section and then end this video. Let's keep it short because the rest of the sections require more details, to be honest. So we'll talk, we'll talk about the CPU here. Right. And the first property here is, is the limit percentage. And the default is zero. So when you execute, when you send a request, and this request is is cpu bound right and i talked about cpu bound versus io bound what's the difference really but this process is hungry for the cpus it just just smashes the cpu all day so i don't know this process is doing uh computation expensive computation like cryptographic uh compression stuff like that that's always hitting the cpu right uh this is as opposed to just sending a query to a database all over the network so the process te technically is not doing anything. It's just doing I.O. or writing to disk, doing a lot of logging to disk. Mm. So so the CPU bound processes are one of the most expensive processes. And you need to identify those processes because most computers are kind of measured by their CPU. Right? Because CPU is more expensive than 
the RAM. Like you can add that, all the RAM you want, but the CPU is the core, is the heart. So if there is a runaway a process that is doing nasty stuff and is consuming 100% of the CPU, uh, this process then can actually take down your entire server, right? Send multiple requests of those, multiple processes, all of a sudden, your application pool is saturated and when the application pool is saturated your computer becomes saturated so you need to find and tweak those and this section allows you to do that so the the way this setting work is for these three properties so limit percentage limit action and limit interval right so i would effectively I would I wish they actually flipped the limit interval and they made it before the action because it reads better but here's how you read it effectively limit percentage will say okay if one of the processes reaches this particular percentage let's say you put limit percentage as 90 right if one of the processes reaches 90% not just that just it can reach it for 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 a second right but no it continues for an interval so that's the second property for an interval of five minutes that's the default so if it reaches 90 90 percent no and not just 90 percent it has to do 90 percent or more for at least five minutes continuous if it did that then do this action and what is this action you have a plenty of actions here you can either terminate the process just kill kill the whole process altogether and then i wasn't really sure if this kills the whole pool or kills just that process it wasn't clear from the description but my guess is just kills that process just doesn't make sense to kill everything else right so if that happens then it will kill it will issue a kill request it will issue a shutdown right and then then we're gonna come to that later what does that mean it does web servers never ever terminate something uh, a hard way like this like okay let's just kill this process no they always give it something called a grace period and i talked about that in my nginx video there is there's something literally called grace shutdown timeout right where if i ask you to shut down do a sig i think it's called sig shut i am actually gonna give you a grace period for this amount of minutes and that's another configuration that i'm gonna come in another video where hey if I send you this shutdown request, you better shut down in a minute and a half. So as a backend engineer, you got to calculate all that stuff, right? So technically, the process will be running for five plus one and a half minutes. It's going to be six and a half minutes hogging your CPU. So if you can't afford six and a half minutes, then reduce that from five to four or three minutes. So the total has become five minutes or whatever you can tolerate effectively but this is the action the shutdown period you have to calculate a part of this thing as well and there's also another thing called suspend it's like okay suspend or throttle suspend i think it just pauses the process right so it doesn't really kill it it just pauses it so it can be resumed later now i have no idea how it gets resumed i gotta gotta maybe read on on that a little bit but yeah throttle says hey okay uh let me throttle you because 90 percent is a lot you're doing so much you get only i don't know 40 percent of my cpu from now on so i think this is a very attractive feature and i don't remember seeing 
this particular configuration in in uh, in my other uh, uh, exploration of other other reverse proxies. To be honest, they might they might exist. Don't get me wrong. I might have even forgot because I might actually just forgot because nah, there is so much going on here, right? So yeah, uh, it's just it's just very interesting. I love I absolutely love this feature in IIS. Gives you control over this thing. And then there is another three properties called processor affinity. And I personally never use this, but I can imagine someone needing this particular uh, feature or settings. And let's talk about that a little bit. So a processor affinity is when, when in Arabic we call it sharaha, which means I am, I am, very hungry i have a huge affinity to this particular process i a processor i don't like these other processes i just like this one effectively what you do with this is you make your process have certain affinity to a given processor right uh, so it focuses and runs only on one or two processors instead of all these processors and i don't know what they mean by processor here do they mean cores or physical process because a processor can have multiple cores right so again these settings are enterprise settings if you have like a machine with i don't know five processors can you even do that i don't know i don't know much hardware but if you have a lot of processors and each processor have a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, a lot of uh, cores in each processor I, the maximum I, I might be wrong but I, I know i i know there are two processors there might be more than one processor and that's where non-uniform memory access noma comes into the picture where each processor have its own memory slot right dim kind of so each each processor have a local memory access for fast for fast access right all of this stuff is really interesting to me i'm just kind of picking up picking up uh, slowly right so you can have multiple processes and don't ask me how many you can you get that's actually a good good thing that i might research after video how many processors can a motherboard have what's the maximum number and how many cores in that processor so come back to these settings is the process in a given application in, in a given application pool can have certain affinity to one processor or another one or just one of them why why you might say you would you want your process to always run on one processor and are given even core in that processor right? the reason is you want to utilize that hot cache in that processor the l1s the l2 the l3 cache so that because context switching from one process to another processor you gotta refetch certain information that you have already cached and the application if you uh, for by default there is no uh, affinity right it's like hey if i execute a process you can be executed on any core on any different processor there is no specific thing but if you're given this option with this thing that's called a processor affinity mask which is just basically it's a bit mask right this number that you're seeing like four what is the band number four billion something is it even a billion four trillion yeah four billion something this is basically it's all ones effectively which means hey you can run on any 
processor that is, right? But you can specify like, okay, I want you to run on processor one and processor two, right? Or even core one or core two, right? I really, I really think this is core, not processor, to be honest. But I might be wrong. So you can configure this bitwise operator. Uh, you can build a bit gate that uh, that that runs only on these cores or these three cores. And as a result, not only your application core will be even, first of all limited to a certain process, so it cannot do a runaway and kill your entire machine, right? No, it will also be very performant, specifically if you're doing calculations that reuse certain values. So the cache in the processor will be reused very often. You're going to start seeing some performance gain. How much? I have no idea. It really depends on your use case. So yeah, guys, uh, I don't remember seeing this uh, affinity option in any other reverse proxies on web servers, to be honest. Uh, they might, don't get me wrong, they might exist, but it, it's just very interesting to me that I've been just doing this uh, deep dive into IIS and I'm going to do this for other web servers as well because I did this for HA proxy, I did this for Nginx, I did this for Envoy, uh, I did this for Caddy. I, I'm doing this just, just, I'm basically Ash Kachum. I'm going to catch them all. That's my goal. I'm going to catch all the web servers. That all the web servers are Pokemons and I'm going to catch them all. That's my goal, basically. So, I will go back to HAProxy. I'll go back to Nginx and then just see the things that I might have missed and then look them through a different lens, right? And uh, yeah, guys, let's leave it at that. In the next episode, we're going to explore the processes section because, yeah, because if you, if you noticed, there, we didn't see a section where we configure the number of processes, which is the most important thing in the pool, right? How many processes can I run on my pool? And you'll be surprised that the default pool has a very bad configuration that you shouldn't really use. <laughs> that's, that's one of the reasons that you shouldn't use the default pool. All right, guys, that's it for me today. I'm going to see you in the next one. You guys stay awesome. Goodbye. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. With that said, let's get on the show.